We are comic gold. We are the gold standard of comic gold. <laughs> yeah, is that, sure. Is that a is that like employing a double negative? I don't even know. Okay, but <laughs> see how see how fucking funny we are. We're like right yeah. out of the gate. Mm-hmm. You sure are. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you log on to thewatchlistpod.com to check out, out check out all of our... Oh, God, I can't even speak. I'm off one friggin' episode. And I can't... You know what? I'm going to try this again. Do it again. Okay. Here I go. Because we're comic gold. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you log on to thewatchlistpod.com to check out our... Uh, oh. Oh, dear. <laughs> Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you log on to thewatchlistpod.com to check out all of our back episodes. You can also engage with us on social media at symbol Pirate Alice, at symbol The Watchlist Pod, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson. And also make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. That is all of the stuff that you did not say with Sam the Geriatric Millennial last episode. <laughs> I, I said those things, just maybe not in the same way you do. Yeah. Although I do have to say a huge, huge, huge thank you and shout out to your sister, Sam, for for filling in. Thank you so much, Sam. I, I really appreciate it. She did a great job. She did. It was It was quite entertaining. I'm glad you guys, you were entertained. <laughs> oh, I, I, <laughs> I hope the other 20 people who listened were also entertained. I hope so too. And I have to say to those 20 people, I, I, it, it was not that I, I wanted to be away, but I had to be away because I went into AFib. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason that I am sharing that is because I read something somewhere that, is is dreadfully important when it comes to heart health. For those of you who don't know what AFib is, it's where the top two chambers of your heart, the atria, don't pump as hard as they should. And when when that happens, blood can pool in your heart and you can form Ooh. clots and that can actually cause stroke or heart attack or whatever. The quote I read, but luckily I, I am cleared of all of that. So I am much better now and out of the hospital. But it said, know your numbers. That was the quote that I read. Know your numbers, mm-hmm. meaning your blood pressure, meaning your heart rate, even just going to get certain tests done. And I have it, throughout all of 2021, and I think we've talked about this on the show about me having a colonoscopy and all that. Other oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I started the year with a colonoscopy and I ended the year being admitted to the hospital for something I didn't even know I had. But mm-hmm. if I didn't go through that, who knows what might have happened. True. So my very extremely serious public service announcement right now is if you have never actually had any kind of tests done on yourself, take the time to do it. It, it is so dreadfully important to maintain your health. And, and we get all lulled into a false sense of security sometimes when we're feeling okay or what we think is the status quo. 
So just do yourself a favor. Go see your doctor and, get a and checkup. just get a checkup. It, it literally could save your life like it did me. Yeah. The new insurance year is coming up where your deductible resets and all that stuff. So, yep. Just go get a do, checkup. Do it. You, do it. You should be able to get at least one checkup a year with your insurance for those who get insurance. Yeah. I would and hope so. I would hope know, so too. You get a free checkup at least. And and honestly, if especially if your family has a history of something, mm-hmm. like I have to keep a weather eye on diabetes, I have to keep a weather eye on things like cancer because that's what took my mom and that's what actually took, you know, my grandmother. So, you know, hence the colonoscopy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I know that we're a show talking about movies and entertainment. We will get to that in a minute, but it's hugely, hugely important to do, especially as we get toward the end of the year, like Patty said. Take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. That is the most important thing, and that's something that I think we have preached on this show for a while now. You know, when, when the world turns to shit, you know, take care of yourself. Your mental health, your physical health, take care of you. All right. I am off my soapbox now. Yes. A good soapbox, that one. You know what? I, I, I will never cease tire, you know, I will never tire of talking about it because it's so important. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that keeps people unhealthy is, is not talking about it. You know, there is, I run into people all the time. Well, I don't want to go see a doctor. I used to work with an idiot who would never go to a doctor. And he would say, no, I'm never going to go see a doctor. I said, dude, you're overweight like I am. And and you smoke. You're never going to go Ooh, see a doctor. Nope. Yeah. I said, well, what if something happens to you? Well, then it happens. Oh, like, well, what the fuck? You know, you have people who care about you. Yeah. Well, do it for them. No, I, I don't want to go see a doctor. Well, then fuck off. You know, I, I I can't help stupid. Well, you know, if you're paying for insurance, why not at least get some of your money's worth by going to the doctor? Yeah, yeah. It's not just about having a, sa- a health savings plan and getting a whole bunch of Q-tips at the end of the year uh, yeah, when, you, when you have to spend it. But uh, you haven't know, been buying so many Band-Aids, you won't need Band-Aids for the next five years. Yeah, or I mean, come peroxide on. or rubbing alcohol or some shit like that. Yeah, well, we we did band aids because Dwight didn't use a lot of it, and so Sam, any package I sent got band aids. <laughs> I wrapped up a few boxes of band aids for Christmas for her one year, and she texts me, "Dude, you wrapped up the band aids." Like, hey, yeah, hey, band aids <laughs> are a gift, man. Well, when you get kids. You got to have a lot of band-aids. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. Stick them, they're stickers. So we had a whole lot. And I think we're finally on the last box of, of Band-Aids now. Is that from last year or how many years oh, ago? Oh, gosh. No, this was shortly after we moved in here. So it's at least five years Holy ago. Holy shit. I told you, he bought a lot of Band-Aids. Well, and a they lot. lose their, their stick-em after a while. Uh, yeah, it takes longer than that, though. Well, all right. Then I've I know this got... from experience because I had band aids forever in that apartment. 
Yes. The and now the, the like the wrapping the paper that it comes in is is yellowed not, and yeah, no, it's, it's just not come good. apart. It doesn't even stay together. <laughs> you go to pick one up and it's like the two pieces fall off and you got the band aid in your hand. I'm like, well, all right. And you start thinking, how in the hell is this sanitary? And I'm gonna Ow. make this cover a wound. Yeah. So how has this been kept sterile? Oh, yeah, please. Anyway, <laughs> the as soon as it comes off of it. <laughs> uh, but anyway. And I and I do have to say this. I don't know if anybody listening to the sound of my voice will know anybody who works at the Virtua Voorhees, the Virtua Hospital in Voorhees, New Jersey. But mm. they are angels there. They are the ones who took care of me. So good. Thank you, people, for taking. Oh, care of oh my God, it's so fucking scary. But it is so much better than the alternative. True. Because as we True record story. this, as we record this show, I'm going to be 51 in a day and a half. What? Happy so birthday, Bill! I consider it a rebirth day. Oh, fancy pants, you! See what I did there? I did. I see so again. I, so I am very thankful for life and a much healthier heart rhythm. So what did I do? I watched crap this week. Actually, no, Perfect. it wasn't crap. Wonderful. <laughs> so I've I've got a couple of things. I got a few things. You got a few things? I got a few things. Well, why don't you go first? I'm going to sip on my decaf tea because I'm cutting down on caffeine these days. And Smart. Okay. What'd you watch? So the first thing I have is on Netflix. It's a movie called Mixtape. Hmm. It is set in the year 1999, like at the end of the year, the last few months of the year. Mm -hmm. And it's about a, a middle school girl named Beverly Moody. Her parents died when she was like two years old and the parents were teenagers themselves when they had her. Um, and so Beverly, because her parents died when she was two, she longs to know who her parents were, what they were like, would they like her now? Um, she lives with her grandma and grandma isn't really good at sharing her feelings or even talking about Beverly's mom. Um, Cause grandma is her mom's mom. Mm -hmm. So Beverly's, digging through boxes of her mom's things that are in the basement at grandma's house. And she finds a cassette tape that had belonged to her parents. It's got, you know, that kind of writing on it of the different songs on the tape, you know, a mixtape. And yeah. they drew pictures and stuff for each other on there. And so Beverly puts this tape in her Walkman. And as these things do, it just starts to chew up the tape before she could hear any of it. And no, 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 no. Oh, my gosh. And I'm screaming at the TV. Get a pencil. Get a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> so it the movie then becomes her quest to get a copy or and hear every song on the mixtape. She goes to the local record store. That's where she starts, where the guy who runs the place, he calls himself anti and after he asks, acts way too cool for this world, he finds a song, the first song. He explains what a mixtape is and how you have to listen to it in order because it is a dedication, a story told from oh one person God. to another. Yes, he is that kind of a record store guy, uh, which you knew you were going to get. I mean, it's a local record but store. He, but he's not wrong, though. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. A mixtape yeah. is art. Exactly. So he, he he looks at the list, and of course, mom's got amazing taste in music, because duh. 
and he he feels bad for the girl who is about to start crying because her parents are dead and she can't ask her parents about the songs on the tape and blah, blah. and he's like don't cry don't cry because she's fake crying obviously mm. using that whole dead parent thing to get him to do her bidding so wow. he begrudgingly takes her dollar and 65 cents copies the first song onto a cassette for her to hear and he mm. writes up a fake receipt for the f capacitor because yeah you want me to go back in time and make put this on a cassette for you honey because it's 1999 when it's you know stuff in the cds cds exactly yeah so yeah he, he writes out the receipt for an f capacitor for the flux capacitor which i thought was amusing and then the quest for the rest of the songs um, continues and she makes friends along the way, which is great. And it was a really, really, really cute movie. Oh, it was a very nice. cute movie. I, you know, middle school kids who, you know, they're the bottom of the bunch. Everybody picks on them. Then, of course, they start to band together because they're the picked on ones and they become friends. Um, her finding her friends and learning about who her mom is and breaking down grandma so that she's not worried about Y2K. <laughs> and uh, yes, there's a whole thing in here. So what uh, was the song? What was the first song? Oh, oh gosh. They're like punk songs that nobody would know. They're like ah, obscure okay. punk songs. Uh, um, one of those. So the first song is Getting Nowhere Fast by Girls at Our Best. Okay. So I told you wouldn't know it. And then another one nope. is a song called Linda Linda by the Blue Hearts. Nope. She's also got I Gotta Write by the Stooges. Nope. And Teacher's Pet by the Quick. Nope. Oh, and then there's a scene where Beverly is now and she's in English class and they're writing poetry and the teacher's trying to be all like, I trust you all and you know, I, I'm your best friend kind of a person. Well, Beverly gets up and recites the word, the lyrics to this, to the song surrender by cheap trick. Okay. And I am shocked that the teacher didn't recognize this. These are the lyrics from a fucking cheap trick song. Cause he's old enough to know cheap trick. And that song is popular enough that people would know it in 1999. But spo but here's my only thing about that. Have not having seen this movie at all uh -huh. and throwing I throw no shade toward it whatsoever. Oh yeah. But yeah. speaking the lyrics to a song is very different than hearing the song. Not when she says mommy's all right, daddy's all right. They're both just a little weird. All right. Yeah, okay. That line yeah. there it, it it, it would have me sitting there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, that Why sounds familiar. Why is that like, so familiar? Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. It would okay. start to go through my head. I'm like, okay, okay, wait a minute, because she yeah. did a whole stretch of that song where I'm like, this, all of these words are familiar to me, because okay. we didn't know it going into it that it was gonna be the cheap trick song. She just stood up and started saying it, and I'm like, wait a second. She didn't. She's like copying the words from that. The song is on that mixtape. So I believe Cheap Trick Surrender was also on the mixtape. And uh, um, yeah, I, I can't remember the other ones. Um, oh, Better Things from the Kinks. There we go. There's another one I list. So log on to the watchlistpod.com, <laughs> click on that contact us button, or engage with us on social media right fucking now. I want to know who gave you a mixtape in school. Oh, 
yeah. And what was what were some of the songs on the mixtape? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All my all my mixtapes were made for myself. I never gave one to anybody. Right. Well, I've given mixtapes. I've given mixtapes. And I have also made mixtapes for myself, but mixtapes were just my favorite songs. They didn't have any kind yeah. of yeah. They were all the cool songs them. that I recorded off the radio. So yeah, this uh, this uh, you know be, having taken place in 1999, and on top of it, like mixtape music from uh, two years old. She's like in middle school. So yeah, like the late 80s, early 90s kind of punk rock scene type of thing. Mm. This could be this could be bring back some good memories for people or some really horrific ones, depending on <laughs> your teen years, <laughs> childhood, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, but but if you got it's a mixtape or you made it right. But we're all fucked up at that age. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, you're you're going to go through some amount of angst and I'm not making light of any kind of angst ever. Mm hmm. And and if you are feeling over angsty and and need help, go seek help immediately. Yes. Yes. Um, but sometimes a mixtape was cathartic that way. Yeah. And yeah. and oh my god, I I, mean, I made this tape is, for you. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I hope it's, you like it. It's really it. no different than like a playlist these days. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, or your Spotify lists or whatever. Oh man. Yeah. That's How much what a mixtape easier is, is it now? All you have to do is just give somebody a list of songs and they can instantly or, download them. Really, it could be the link to your Spotify list. Because people do that these days, too. <laughs> I just can't believe we we went from, and here's me being nostalgic, I remember when, because we went from <laughs> albums to eight-track tapes to cassette tapes to CDs to mp3s to napster and mp3s yes and and how and CDs... now it's like you don't even download it anymore it's just all online well i and that's just it you know on on amazon music you can create a, a playlist for free mm -hmm. now and the only trade-off is every now and then a song might fall out of license for you to do that so you'll go and try to find that song in your place. Well, I'm sorry, you don't have the license to listen to that particular one anymore. Oh, well, let me go find something else to fill this playlist with. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so cool. But I really want to know about people in their playlists and yeah, their, their mixtape. What was your best mixtape? And you like the movie. I really like this movie. It was really cute. Um, there wasn't anybody who, other than uh, the grandma who's played by Julie Bowen, that I really recognized. Mm. Um, Julie Bowen? Julie Bowen was the grandma, yes, because not only was mom a teen mom, but grandma was a teen mom as well. I was going to say Julie Bowen. She's she's from Modern Family, right? Yeah, she's from Modern Family. She was Claire Dunphy on Modern Family. Right. She's not, she, she's not old, but she was a teen mom, so yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I that sounds completely fun and now I have to it go was, check it, it out. It was it was really cute. It's on Netflix, mixtape. It's a really great it's not you know, it's a great it was very entertaining. It's only ninety three minutes. So we were in a mood to watch a movie last week and and I and I say that because after I got out of the hospital 
and it was Sunday night. And we're like, what do you want to watch? Because Laura was all footballed out. I watched football all day the day I got out of the hospital. I feel Cause, that. Because I love me some sports ball. But she's like, I can't do, I can't do any more football. What do you want to watch? So we put on King Richard. Oh, we started that. And then something had to happen. Like we were going somewhere or he had to go somewhere. I forget exactly. And we stopped it. And then we haven't gone back. And I don't remember where we were watching it. <laughs> you mean at home or? Yeah, or... yeah, at home. I don't remember what uh, platform like what it was on. Oh, no, what platform to go back? To oh, HBO it. Max. Oh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and I don't remember how much longer it will be available on HBO Max because oh. their theatrical releases, first of all are almost done, people. The last mm. one we're going to get for the year is The Matrix, uh, uh, um, the new Matrix Thing. movie. Yeah. Okay. But when they when they premiere on HBO Max, you get a month. And okay, then it go- so we and better then- start watching that. And then it falls out of that window where if it's in a theater, you need to go see it in a theater, or you need to wait for the window to shut and for it to be available to stream. Okay. So we just threw on King Richard because we had wanted to see it. It looked good. Yeah. Oh. No. Oh, okay. There are parts of this movie that are that are absolutely wonderful. And and I will say this. There are many times that um Will Smith you forget how good of an actor he can be when it comes to just some of the projects that he does. I mean, forget shit like After Earth. After Earth was just abysmal. And yeah. and you know, he didn't even he didn't even entertain the idea of being in the Independence Day sequel. Mm-hmm. So you either see Will Smith as an action star, like Bad Boys, the first Independence Day, you know, other stuff like that, or the serious actor, the Six Degrees of Separation, Seven Pounds, what happiness, have you. The, yeah, the pursuit, pursuit of, of happiness. happiness. Yeah. That was a fucking great movie. It was. But I looked at Laura after watching King Richard and I said, what is missing from this movie? And she said, and very astutely so, there's no conflict. The movie centers on the father of Serena and Venus Williams, by the way, and how he very famously put together a 78 or so page plan for their success, beginning when they were children, and how he meticulously followed this plan because he help to orchestrate the genius that they are on the tennis court. And they grew up in Compton, Los Angeles, so South Central LA. So they had a shitty tennis court to practice on, gangbangers are nearby. But yet this this father helped and 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 mother mm-hmm. um helped create these super tennis stars. The problem with this movie is that 
the girl and and the girls actually play Venus and Serena brilliantly, but they never lash out at anything. It's you know like we don't want to practice in the rain, which he made them do. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to drive halfway across the country. We'll leave our friends, you know, which they go along with. And everybody really kind of falls in line to Richard's plan. And there's no real jeopardy in this movie. There's no conflict in this movie. The one big scene of conflict was when the wife who, uh, you know, Sidebar, backstory. Richard had a family elsewhere, left that family, met this woman, had a, had two kids with her, Venus and Serena Williams. So Richard Williams is their biological mm -hmm. father. And this woman also had three daughters from a previous marriage. So there is a scene where she's talking about him leaving his other family and you know, what are you doing to this family and all that? But everything always falls into line. It's like a it's like a two hour almost after school special. And while it is wonderfully acted, beautifully shot, the music is good. You come away with it like, you know, there's no there there are no teeth in this movie. Mm -hmm. Not that you need teeth sometimes but it would be nice to to see a little bit more of the human uh, pull uh, as opposed to the push of of what's going on in these young girls lives because they were driven hard mm -hmm. and at one point he he compels them not to compete any longer in the juniors world of tennis which everybody is telling them there is no pro out there that did not segue from juniors into pro. He just wanted them go to go straight into pro. Even that is gone along with. So hmm. So it's like he's the two girls they never pushed back. Right. In this movie it looks like they never push back. And there's a thing about this the the neighbor across the street thinking he pushes them too hard and they call the police on him, yeah. right? And that gets swept under the rug very quickly. Yeah. So all of the conflict in this movie is relegated to very few lines, and I don't know if that's purposeful or not, but that is the reason why this movie is bombing so bad at the box yeah. office. Well, and and the the only other conflict from as far as I got was where he gets jumped at the tennis courts by the gangbanger guys. Right. And that's, even, that's, that's like, he doesn't do anything about it. But even that is brief. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was really short. That was a very short scene. There's, 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 there is some menace to that, but at the end, you know that the, it will be all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no yeah. tension. There is no. There's no real meat to it. You're going from one event to the other. Now, mm -hmm. on the positive side, you are seeing two young African American women become Venus and Serena Williams, the greatest who have ever played the game of tennis. Mm -hmm. And in that regard, I would show this movie to young African American or young children of color to say, watch this. You could be this. Yeah. 
as a moviegoer, it is an after-school special oh, and and kind of a forgettable one. Oh, ouch. And I don't want it to be that way. I didn't want it to be that way. But yeah. I, and I and during the movie, I actually looked at Box Office Mojo. Would love a sponsorship, by the way, Box Office Mojo, if you're out there. <laughs> just letting you know. And the movie is tanking bad. Oh wow! Okay. It cost fifty million to make, probably another twenty to market, and it's probably only at like twenty five or so million dollars take in. So it is tens of millions of dollars away from being in the black. Hmm. And that's a shame because there are points where you dislike Will Smith very much. Mm -hmm. And to, as I have said before, if you dislike a character, it is to that actor's credit that they are making you dislike them. Yep, I agree. So kudos to Will Smith for that. I just wish it were a better movie. So that is, you know what? If if you have a, a, a hankering to watch King Richard and you have HBO Max, definitely watch it while it is still free for you. Yes. Okay. Or wait till it becomes cheap a cheap rental, like a $5 rental for streaming. Hmm. Other than that, I would not suggest paying $15 to go see it. No. Okay. Sorry to say. All right. All right. My next one is also on Netflix. This is an animated uh, film. And it's called Extinct. It's an animated movie about an adorable species of fluffy donut-like animals that are called flummels. Oh, I could really go for a donut. And right these <laughs> these little flummels get transported from their home in 1835 on the Galapagos Islands to present-day Shanghai. They meet this cute little fluffy friendly poodle named Clarence, and that poodle is voiced by Ken Jeong. And he helps them try to find their way back in time to the Galapagos Islands. Uh, the t these two flummels, their brother and sister, and they're voiced by Adam Devine or Divine, Adam Devine, and Rachel Bloom. Okay. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. And these, their names are Op and Ed, and they are the two biggest screw ups of their flummel clan. So that's where the wackiness ensues from their two their their crazy stupid shit they do because they're really not particularly bright and it's really a cute movie uh, there's a scene where uh, Op and Ed are walking down the street in Shanghai they come across a donut shop and they think that they're they're other flummels and they're like oh no what's happened to you oh wake up and then they get a donut and uh, it's a somehow this donut that's hollow in the middle has jelly in it, which I'm confused about, but it's a cartoon. So I accept it. Sure. And, you know, the jelly splurts on their face. So they think that somebody has killed their formal <laughs> friend and it's hysterical. And oh, yeah, 
And they got some other good people doing voices in there too. Catherine O'Hara or Catherine O'Hara. Why did I say Catherine? Catherine <laughs> <laughs> O'Hara, Benedict Wong, uh, Reggie Watts does a voice in this. Nick Frost. So they got some really good people doing the voices in this. Henry Winkler, Richard Kind, who you totally recognize his voice when he talks. Yeah. And it's just, it's a really cute movie. Um, time travel. Charles Darwin. It's really funny. Oh, that's cool. Other extinct creatures they meet up with along the way. It's cute. It's totally fun. Uh, definitely watch this. Definitely watch Extinct if you like cartoons. Um, that's awesome. It's you know because it's it's not a long thing because it's a cartoon, so it's got to be child uh, attention span long. It's great. It's a great little cute movie on Netflix. Extinct. Extinct. You little donut creatures. So, oh God, I miss donuts. <laughs> I, oh, I, donuts are so good. I, I'm sorry. I uh, mm. having to change my lifestyle on a dime means that baby steps, you know, man. Baby steps. No, I know, and I and I know that I that yeah. I can eat donuts just in moderation. Yeah, but I would yeah. like to moderate the fuck a donut into my mouth right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. Man. Anyway, um, so oh god. Anyway, yeah. mm -hmm. so the next thing that I watched, and I found it today, mm -hmm. is a show called and and be, sidebar. Remind me to tell you and all of our twenty listeners about Cinema Sins. Just Keep that in the back of your mind and ask me about that in a few minutes. So okay. the next TV show that I watched is called Bloods. Bloods. It is a British show mm -hmm. that is on Hulu. Because every now and then I, I look at Hulu and a lot of shit dropped today, like season six of The Expanse dropped today. Ooh, you know, good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the rest of the final season of Money Heist dropped last week, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I was looking for something new and wa to watch and short and all that. This is a comedy series from Britain and it's called Bloods and it stars Samson Kayo and Jane Horrocks. And Jane Horrocks is there was a movie way back when about 20 years ago called little voice oh about i remember a, that title about a, a very shy girl living at home and the only expression that she has in life is to sing with the records that she has and it was it was a very good movie a very powerful movie okay um, so anyway but she is in this and they play Ambulance workers, paramedics in South London for the emergency service. And they're a mismatched pair, but of course they start to get along. And their boss is played by Lucy Punch. And I thought I recognized Lucy Punch. And Lucy Punch was the airheaded actress bimbo who is in the movie Hot Fuzz with Nick Frost. <laughs> okay. And uh, um, Simon Pegg. Mm -hmm. But anyway... It is, it is, I didn't think I was going to like this show at first because it just seemed like, like Samson Kao's character, Malik, is trying to be overly funny sometimes, mm -hmm. almost, almost caricature. 
And then Jane Horrocks plays a light and bubbly brand new partner when Malik, the main guy, almost electrocutes his old his old his old partner <sighs> using the the defib pads oh dear. when they're trying to save somebody's life because he's horsing mm. around too damn much. Uh-huh. But I gotta say this show is growing on me. Okay. And and it's not it's not high art by any stretch of the imagination. And there are other characters that come and go as well. Like there's this one, um, Asiya Shah plays a ambulance worker who really wants to climb the ladder very very quickly and take and take Lucy Punch's job. Mm. But she hasn't really cut her teeth yet in the in the ambulance world, and she's paired with another ambulance guy who actually trained the boss but she got promoted over him oh so she sees it going nowhere and it's it sounds it, it is actually funnier than it is mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say funny i would say charming okay it has very british humor and at times you have to pay very close attention to what they're saying because it's very british and it's very fast uh. and you know just differences in colloquialisms and slang mm-hmm. and all that other sort of stuff but I find myself watching a very bingeable show. Okay. And if you like British humor, then I would say check out Bloods on Hulu. This show will not be for everybody. And is there funnier out there? Yes, which is why I wanted to talk about the Cinema Sins thing. Cinema Sins. Okay. But you know what? You could do you could do a lot worse. So if you're looking for something, you know what? If you're looking for something to take the place of what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, then Bloods is Bloods is a pretty solid choice. Okay. All right. All right. So my next one is the documentary film. It's on Disney Plus right now called The Rescue. Um, this follows that rescue of the 12 boys from, and their coach that were on a soccer team in Thailand who Mm. were in that cave that flooded and trapped there for 18 days. Yeah. yeah. I would name the cave, but it's a Thai thing and I'm not good with foreign Thailand words. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. And this, this happened in 2018 and yeah, as I said, 12 boys and their coach from a soccer team. Uh, they were in some caves that they always go in, but the bad weather and the torrential downpours and rainy season in Thailand flooded the cave so they couldn't get out. And it took a massive joint effort between the Thai government, the Thai military, and a group of international expert cave divers to get these kids out of the cave and their coach out of the cave. It took them 18 days to figure out how to do this and where they were at in the cave is like two and a half miles away from the entrance. So they had to, that's what the cave divers had to do was go down there. And the Thai government and military people are thinking they could just go in and it's like, no, you know, scuba diving is one thing. Scuba diving through a cave is a whole other game. It's a whole yeah. other skill. And these divers came from around the world to help get these kids out. And what they had to do to get the kids out is 
holy shit. Wow. Holy shit. It is something never been done. The experts they were talking to are like, you can't do that. That that just can't be done. But there, I mean, they tried. Uh, what did they they we saw they were trying to help some divers who went in at first to come back out, but and these were adult men who freaked out because they're they've got this breathing apparatus on their face and there's nowhere to pop up and get your bearings in a cave and they start after a while as the divers are with them trying to get them out it, they freaked out and they're like okay this ain't gonna work with with kids with like these kids are soccer team right, Shit. right. you know how, how are we gonna keep these kids from panicking it's two and a half miles of underwater scuba diving in the dark it's in the dark yeah, in a black yeah. cave. It could be broad daylight out there, but you're in a cave. Yeah. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. I mean, they ended it sounds up, intense. It, it is super intense because um, they talked to a guy. Um, I think he's an anesthesiologist and a cave diver, which is crazy. That there was a guy that did that, that was both of these things. Or no, he wasn't a cave diver. Was he? I don't know. But they, they end up talking to this anesthesiologist that one of the cave divers knows, asking, okay, so if I was going to sedate a kid to help them out of this flooded cave, how would that work? And the anesthesiologist guy is like, it wouldn't. You can't do that. You, that's not, you can't do that. Right. Because the kid, because it's a kid and you've got to keep it. He's, if he moves his head in any way, underwater he could block his whole uh airway breathe airway thank you that's the word i'm looking for block his airway and he could suffocate so but there was no they could not find any other way to do this and there's a forecast for rain that's going to come flood the place again after some dry days where the water level had actually dropped each day like well we either do this or or they're going to die there because we got to do something. So they did. We, we saw them sedate all 12 kids and then their coach, but they could only do a few at a time because they only had two masks that uh, they only had two extra masks to put on these kids that would work for getting them out. And they had to float them in a way and halt. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy what they had to do. And they had wow. to stop every so often to, because the kids would start to come out of it. Yeah. Cause two and a half miles scuba diving through clay cave caves that you are really narrow and you can't have too much equipment and you got to have the kid floating in front of you and you can't, he can't move. He's got to stay flat. So he doesn't. So they had to resedate them as they went. Oh my God! And they had to go vertical, right? Because this horizontal. So is... You can't go vertical through the caves. They had to do them horizontal. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, laying flat, and I think they used a tank, the air tank, to help keep them flat. And holy shit! Holy wow. shit! What is what's the name of this again? It's called the rescue. It's on Disney Plus. It's like a National Geographic documentary film on the Disney Plus. And it's crazy. 
Wow. It's crazy. It was really good. And yeah, if you want to, oh, wow. If you want to have a, a, a wonderful ending, because all 12 of them make it out safely and the coach, <laughs> it's great. Uh, but it's intense to watch like, oh my God, they, they had, this is what they had to do to get this. <gasps> Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. And the, wow, just the, the tunnels and the one guy, ladies and gentlemen, the she's way. lost the capacity to speak. I have, I have lost the capacity. <laughs> it's like he, the one guy starts going the wrong way through the caves because he lost the line. Like it oh, fell man. or something. And, oh, Oh jeez! Oh jeez! Oh jeez! Oh jeez! Oh jeez! Oh, 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 it's crazy. It's oh shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stop. Talking Translated. About watch the rescue. <laughs> yes, on watch Plus. the rescue on Disney Plus. It is wow. All right. Wow. So remember what I was telling you about uh, Cinema Sins. Yes. Yeah. What is this? Cinema Sins is a series on YouTube. Oh. And it is okay, and, and and I am not necessarily one to either shy away from promoting another streamer, or necessarily proactively promoting another streamer to take away our twenty listeners. Mm-hmm. Please, st- please stay with us. We need you. Yeah, um, you know, they can watch both, or they can listen watch to both. both. But. I saw the absolute funniest fucking half hour of my life Hmm. in this show. I have followed this show for years now. So what this guy does on Cinema Sins, and they have different offshoots as well, like Music Sins for music videos and all this other sort of stuff. They This guy humorously tells you what's wrong with a movie. Okay. And it used to be... Cinema sins under seven minutes or something like that. So he would tell you everything wrong with a movie in under seven minutes. And then he realized, well, wait a minute. There's a lot more going on in this movie than I can do in seven minutes. So now it's however many minutes it takes okay. to tell you something is wrong with a movie. Mm-hmm. So I was checking out his Cinema Sins of Fast Nine, uh-huh. which we have reviewed on this show. Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, and just as a recap, all of the Fast and Furious movies have gotten a lot more ludicrous as they have gone on. They have gone from some level of reality of street racing and robberies to outfitting a fucking car to go into space in a matter of hours. (laughs) I have not seen that one. That is Fast 9. I shit you not. And this is the movie where it looks like Charlize Theron worked for one day on the set of this movie because she's in one one outfit and she's on one set or two sets. And it's just funny. Anyway. The cinema sins for (laughs) Fast 9 had me laughing out loud several times. Cool. And... And uh, you, first of all, to to get it, you have to actually watch Fast 9. So there's that. All right. However, if you have seen Fast 9 and and recognize it for the ridiculousness that it is, please do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube and, and search for Cinema Sins and watch Fast 9. 
it will have you rolling. And again, it's my first time promoting, you know, that show on 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 this show. But all of them, there are sometimes where his his parodies get a little whacked out, and I don't laugh as much, as, you know, as with everything. But more often than not, he is on point with what is wrong with a movie. Mm-hmm. And he does it in a very humorous way, and and I think the guy is a genius. So cool, yeah. Anyway, I'll check it out and yep. see. Even though I haven't seen Fast Nine, I'll watch other ones of his. Maybe. Oh, oh yeah, and he's got a whole bunch of them. So, so just subscribe to his channel, and then you can, you know, rifle through. And if if you see a movie that you've seen, click on the Cinema Sins for it, and there you go. Cool. All right. Yeah. So my last thing, um, so I bought a new phone. I got a new uh, Pixel phone, Google Pixel 6, and through Verizon, which I mentioned this on the last episode, but you weren't here. Yeah. Um, through Verizon, I get six months for free of AMC+. Plus. No kidding. No kidding. Wow. And I didn't have to type in a credit card number or anything, so I won't have that whole auto charge before I can cancel type of an issue, which is nice. Oh shit. I got to cancel something. You just yeah. reminded me. Yes. Make a note, oh, put a stick and post it on your laptop or something. Oh, fuckity fuck. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is a, a series that's a joint production between the BBC and AMC. Uh, it's called Ragdoll, and it's based on a oh. novel. I saw the trailer for that today. Oh, my God, that looks good. Okay, Okay. anyway. It's based on a novel by the same title. It stars Lucy Hale from Pretty Little Liars. Mm -hmm. And then some British actors that I I don't recognize the things they've been in. So, yeah, Lucy Hale is the one American on the British police force. Uh, She was a former LAPD And now she's a London DC detective and she's working with DS Nathan Rose and DI Emily Baxter. Um, So the DI means she's the detective inspector versus DS, which is a step below. And then the DC is a step below the DS. Um, Don't ask me what the C or the S stands for. Maybe detective constable and then detective sleuth. I don't know. Any hoozy. Yeah. <laughs> Any hoozy. So the, the series, it's a series. It starts off with a flashback of D.I. Rose. He is working on a case with a serial killer who burns his victims alive. Ooh. And they're in uh, the courtroom and the judge comes in and he's, the judge is kind of mad and, and, well, the, the serial killer is, is let off. He's not found guilty because of this shoddy police work that was done. Like a lack of a warrant or something. And all of this evidence is based on this shoddy police work. So the court's thrown, the case is, is dismissed. And, Dia and Detective Rose jumps over the seats and starts to attack the accused serial killer and mashes his head into things and stuff. But uh, so he's taken to a mental hospital 
And then a few years later, he's out of the hospital and back on the job. And this is when it, the big case starts where they find a body that is suspended from the ceiling of this apartment. And this body is made up of six people who have been dismembered. And these various body parts have been sewn together to create this suspended body. Ew. Yeah. Detective Rose lives across the way from the apartment building that this body, body in air quotes, because, well, it's a body, but made up of many bodies. Um, he lives across the way from there. And it, one of the hands, the finger seems to be pointing straight out the window to the apartment that he lives in. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so our one detective, Rose, he's got some issues, clearly. Um, yeah. And he has worked closely with the Detective Inspector Baxter uh, girl. So they have a close relationship. And she trusts him maybe a little bit more than she should, we start to think. And Lucy Hale's detective... Uh, she doesn't trust this guy at all. So she starts investigating him herself, but she's also got her weird American ways of veganism and, and just, oh my God, she talks so fucking much. Really, she does. I wasn't sure I'd like it because of her. Um, she plays Detective Edmonds. That's the, the name. I was trying to find where it said her name. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not, yeah, yeah. Uh, but overall, I like the series so far. It's really pretty good. It's really good. It's one of the, it's a you know British detective show. Really, that's what it is, uh, with an American girl thrown in. I don't know why, but they've thrown her in. She this character could be a young British woman. Really, she doesn't need to be American, but whatevs. It's really good. It's a really good series. It's on AMC Plus, where I don't know that I would say to get AMC Plus just for this. Not yet. Um, yeah, I don't know about that yet. But overall, this is a pretty good show. I like it. Uh, awesome. It has... One moment, please. It's only got six episodes, and so far only four are available. Okay. No, wait, pardon me. There's five available. Uh, the fifth one became available on December 9th, which was yesterday. I think I've only seen three so far. Yeah. Well, all right. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a short series. Um, maybe there will be a second season. I don't know. Because uh, the first one hasn't finished yet. <laughs> and And <laughs> speaking of that... Mm -hmm. right, so that was your last show, right? Yes, that was. Let us dive then right into news. 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 So Cowboy Bebop is canceled. I know, and I'm pissed off at that. I'm very pissed off at that. So I, I think you remember in, in our joint review of this show... That I said it's, it reminded me very much of Firefly. Yeah, kind of. Mm -hmm. And it and and it's a shame that it went the way of Firefly, canceled after one season. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because it didn't pick up a mainstream. Well, and you, me, and David. Shout out to David. What's up, David? We were having this back and forth conversation about why this show didn't work hmm. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And and I and part of it is that it is not for everybody. No, no, definitely not. Because yeah. it's this noir mm-hmm. cowboy futuristic. Thing. Yeah, it's the space cowboy noir detective not thing. Comedy yeah. right. Comedy drama ish. You, you don't want to sh- and, and based on anime, <laughs> based right? On anime. It's a live action right. anime. And and that's not going to appeal to the masses. De- no, definitely not. Definitely not. Cuz there's not enough action in it to say it's an action series. Yeah, because it's too sci-fi for that and too Mm -hmm. quirky. But it's also not necessarily that because it's got, you know, John Cho is the lead of this show. Yeah. I'm I'm just really sad that they didn't give it another shot and they must have seen numbers on it. And those numbers must have. Yeah, really. Well, and for fans of the anime, it ends on a cliffhanger really because that yeah i don't know how much well it's been canceled so i don't know if it matters if i give things away at this Go point ahead. um that last uh, uh, did you see the final episode sure uh, of the tv series absolutely yeah yes yeah. so, okay so that last scene with that person on top of spike that character is in the anime like from almost from the beginning almost from what I've seen of the anime. Um, that's, I think it's character's name is Ed. And it's like a young kid kind of character, a young girl mm-hmm. of sorts. Yeah. So for people who have been, who are watching the live action, who've seen the anime, they're like, where's Ed? Oh, wait, now Ed's appearing. Great. Now we're going to get Ed. No, no, you're not. Cause there's no second season. I, I just, I, I I just don't even know what to say. I I think, well, no, because it's a show that has a very narrow audience. Yeah, it's got a very specific group of people who would be interested in even watching it. And and you and I and David and Sam and, and Laura, Nick. you know, are are some of those people. Yeah. But John and Jane Doe in the middle of Iowa are going to look at that and go, what is this crap? Probably, and, yeah. And and that's a shame because yeah, it, yeah. even though it was not high art, it was definitely a, a palate cleanser and it was definitely, it was definitely good. It was very, it, to me, I am just as sad to see that. Actually, no, not as sad as Zoe. Uh, Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Yeah, but but it, it's a step down. But I'm still sad to see it go like a Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Yeah, I'm, I really like John Cho. I like seeing him in this. I, I, I do think too. he needs more of this kind of off type of thing for him to be in. And it was just anyway. Anyway. Uh, Anyway, so Requiem for Cowboy Bebop. If you haven't seen it, check it out. 
totally you watch could it. Yes. Totally watch it. It's fun. It's it is quirky. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, we think it's fun. I yeah, I didn't watch the anime, so I th- and I thought it was great. Yeah, I've never seen the anime that it's based on either, and thought it was I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Anyway, and it's got me watching the anime now. So, well, there you go. Yeah, and we have to talk about Michael Nesmith passing oh, away. Oh, I know, which is so sad. Oh. I saw that headline. I went, no. Now, for those of you who don't know, Michael Nesmith is now the third member of the 60s group, the uh, the Monkees, who has passed away. And he died of natural causes at his home in California. He was performing up to last month. Oh, wow. Actually, from from what I was reading. And uh, with Mickey Dolan's. The other surviving, oh, the now the other. last surviving yeah. member of the Monkees, and the Monkees, <sighs> and the Monkees was television's answer to the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. And they were they they had this TV show that was actually put together to answer it, but not necessarily really perform. But Michael Nesmith was a performer; he was an actual musician. Yeah, him, Peter Tork. And Davy Jones were the real musicians. Mickey Dolan's really wasn't a musician. No. So if you if you watch the show, you can kind of yeah. They, they they get into antics. Um, then there are scenes where they're performing, but yeah, yeah. And it is it is a it is a wild show filled with some hippie stuff because that's oh the God. time that yeah. it was. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, man. That was good music. It was good. Yes, the songs are great and catchy. Oh. And the show is just a goofy thing. No, oh, it's a goofy. It was line. it was goofy and it holds up today because it's still it is goofy. Yeah. It is just very sad to say goodbye to Michael Nesmith. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then there's this whole Letitia Wright thing that we need to talk about from uh, Black Panther. Okay. She plays Shuri in Black Panther. Have you seen Black Panther? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember which one she is. Which She is, is his Shuri? sister. Oh, okay. Okay. And she gotcha. is the head of the science division in Wakanda. Yes. Yes. I and know. her character and her performance is amazing mm-hmm. in Black Panther because she is funny and she is smart and strong yes. and a yes. fighter. Yes. Everything that you would think a a a movie should portray someone of color being in in science, just mm-hmm. a badass in science. Well, Miss Wright doesn't want to get the vaccine. Oh. And well, just because she played a scientist doesn't mean she's that she's as smart science? as one. Yeah, well. Because now Disney is mandated that everybody that works on their movies must be vaccinated. Now, mm-hmm. the way that she might might get out of that is the fact that Black Panther 2 started production before that mandate happened. Mm. But she was also injured on the set of that movie. So in part, she's just kind of done with like, you know what, mask mandates and COVID and I got injured, you know, fuck this. Uh, Yeah. But I throw it out there to people. 
because as Dwight opens a soda, yo, man. He only heard you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, Dwight. Hi, Punk. Dwight. What kind of what kind of you drink punk. is he drinking? He's drinking a can of Diet Coke, and he didn't bring me one. Damn, wrong. Anyway, but <laughs> I open laughing. it up. He's over there laughing. <sighs> but I but I I put it out there to people, and again, log on to thewatchlistpod.com, click on that contact us button, or engage us on social media at symbol pirate Alice at symbol Bill Ivory Larson at symbol the Watchlist Pod. What do you think of this situation? Because this would actually mean if she quit this movie, that they would have to completely rework major parts of it to either somehow, you know, rewrite scenes that she's in. It, it will have a, a lasting and profound effect on what this film would be if she didn't finish it. So are they going to finish it with her digitally or what have you? But in this age of COVID, what do you think about her saying, no, I don't, I don't want this shot when she's already involved in this movie? I think she's got an obligation to finish it. She signed a contract. Yeah, would she be in breach of contract, and what would that cost her? Well, right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a juicy role in this movie, and who knows what, what the trajectory of her character is and all that other sort of stuff. Well, and then, like, um, what does that do for her career moving forward, too? Mm, true that. Because I feel like that would lead to repercussions in some way. So anyway, so let us know what you think about this whole situation, putting Black Panther 2 actually in jeopardy. You know, and and then Spider-Man is about to come out. I don't even have tickets yet because my world got blown up you know, yeah. last oh. week. Hmm. So there's that. You going to go see it? I don't know. You're just not a huge fan of I, these Marvel movies, are you? I'm just, I'm, there's so many, and I'm like, I'm kind of done now. I don't need any more Marvel superheroes right now. Well, the, Hawkeye continues to be entertaining. Listening to Dave's Deep Dive podcast. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was good. Th- that was, I love his deep dives. I'll tell you what, people. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, check out um, Dave's The Deep Dive. What's it actually called? Hang on. It is called The Deep Dive Review Show or The Deep Dive Review Show Podcast. And our friend Dave and and frequent contributor to this show takes just a 20-minute or 30-minute dive into something, and he did Hawkeye. And it, it... it's just, it's really interesting listening to someone just talk about and go into detail about something. Yeah. But bringing it back to the point, as long as they don't have major fuck-ups in the Marvel Universe, I'm still on board. Okay. When they start to feel tired and they start to feel like they're reaching, you know... Then I'm then I'm on the fence of having to continue, okay. but so far Kevin Feige, the 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 leader of all of this, the the coordinator of all of this, 
keeps everybody on track. And these are the stories we're going to tell because we got to get this from point A to point B. And the TV shows are going to do this to get us here and blah. So I'm looking forward to Spider-Man because it's going to, I think, expand our universe in terms of how we look at the Marvel universe from here on out. Okay. So I'm looking forward to it. I still haven't seen the Eternals yet, though, but whatever. Mm. Yeah. All right. Mm. That's all I got this week. That's all I got, too. I'm done. So, everybody, make sure you log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Check out all of our past episodes and also click on that Contact Us button if you just want to give us a shout. And also tell us what you're watching, what we should watch, and answer the questions that we've actually laid out in this show. Make sure you hit us up on social media at symbol the watchlist pod at symbol pirate Alice at symbol Bill Ivory Larson and pretty please with sugar on top. Click on that. I will think of it in a second. <laughs> click Contact on that. Button. No, click on that subscribe button. Oh, that button. Wherever you listen, that would help. Why would Spotify contact <laughs> Bill and Patty? Yeah. Anyway, uh, but, no. and make sure that if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Do it. Because we would love to feed the algorithm gods and eventually start making money off of this. Indeed. So that we can just sit at home and watch stuff all day and get paid for it. Because yeah. that is the dream. Indeed, it is. It really is. That's right. And also, again, just bookending everything, know your numbers you know what? Go see a doctor for crying out loud. Get a physical. Just pretty please with sugar on top. When are we going to do our Christmas show? Oh, uh, it's got to be next week. I guess so. Yeah. Next week. Or so the week next after. Week. Next week's the 13th or the week after starts the 20th where Christmas is at the end. Oh, oh all right. So. And then next week our... or two, we'll have a Christmas episode. Yep, of, of shit you should be watching or avoiding. Yes. At Christmas time. Yeah, correct. And <laughs> as I have found out very recently, a new Christmas Hallmark movie may be filming very near me in New Jersey. Ooh. I'm going to do my best to become an extra in that movie so <laughs> I can say I have been in a shitty Hallmark movie. Maybe they'll need a DJ character. Hi. This is the DJ sending out the love vibes. Oh, my God. I know. It's cheesy as fuck. Anyway. All right, everybody. Be safe. Be well. And we will catch you next time. Okay, okay bye. bye.